0: From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group. Your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas's best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our Three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at the shack.com Top Golf, Go to topgolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza. With over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at jetspizza.com. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay in Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the West.com network. From the TAG Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh
1: all right well welcome in hockey fans anywhere that you may be listening to us on this wonderful thursday night scott strandy with you in beautiful palm springs california tonight Ah, there's gonna be more hockey coming my way it's not over yet my co-host is always stephen marsh coming from that beautiful championship city of las vegas nevada stephen how are you tonight and has things settled down and are you um, content with being a Stanley Cup champion city.
2: Yeah, that works. That works. Um, why did well, why why was the why would you seem bummed that you're gonna have another game at uh, Acushnet?
1: Well, everybody wants to get this over with, right? I, I mean they, they 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 want to win, and oh, uh, dude, the Coachella Valley been Firebirds are the same thing. They don't want to play this out. They don't want to come back here and leave things all, to chance.
2: That's what they've been doing all postseason. So why would it yeah I know different
1: they. I know that. Well, here's why they, they don't want it to be that way. Um, they would like to end it because this is for all the marbles. If this one doesn't go their way, <laughs> oh boy, uh, all that you work for all year long, you know they don't give give special awards to to teams that finish second. So they don't get uh, even participation though trophies? no, and even though you've worked so hard, um, you hate to see it come down to a bounce or two, and and tonight. And uh, I'm going to tell you right at the get-go, it, it was not a great performance by the Coachella Valley Firebirds, um, but there were some bounces, and it was a 3-2 loss last night, or uh, Tuesday night, it was a 5-4 loss in overtime. So it's not like they've been getting blown out, but man, oh, man, when you take the amount of penalties that were taken tonight, you uh, you set yourself up um, for those bad bounces, if you will, or the bad breaks, and... Um, That's what happened. So now we'll have a a game five on Friday and then uh, a game six for sure on Monday and then possibly game seven on Wednesday. So when I told the people at Great Clips that I was going to need a haircut on Thursday, I meant it. It'll be next Thursday.
2: (laughs) And and not a day before that.
1: Well, no, I, I set it up for Thursday because I knew everything would be over with by then, but uh, who knows? Maybe it'll end on, on Monday night, but we'll see. Um, anyway. Things in Las Vegas. There's there's a party going on still, and there's gonna be a big parade going on Saturday night. Um, all kinds of good stuff. You've broken down some video for me, so we've got a little bit of sound that you've got uh from a couple of players and a head coach who uh happy anniversary, Bruce Cassidy. <laughs>
2: yes. A year ago yesterday.
1: Yeah, what a deal. Oh, what a deal. Anyway, um, so um, we'll get into that in just a second.
2: I I was thinking about this. You know who we should be thanking the most is the Boston Bruins uh, management for uh, letting Bruce Cassidy go a year ago and leaving the opportunity for the uh, Golden Knights to make the change with their coaches or with their coach and uh, and bring Cassidy in because, uh, boy, it paid off, didn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can say thank you. Golden Knights are shrewd.
2: Well, we might have lost Scott there for a second. But but yeah, I mean just you know, we're we gonna have a lot to talk about between the Golden Knights and, and just their, their playoff run
1: and yeah, man, we made some mistakes.
2: Goes around. Oh, you're back, okay.
1: Oh, okay. Did <laughs> yeah, I fade yeah, out there, again. <laughs> again? Goodness gracious, this internet here is driving me nuts.
2: <laughs> Probably not that important though.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it was very important. I was talking about how the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights um, are not afraid to make changes. No. No, and right. if they're if they're right or wrong, they just continue on. Whether it's head coaches, goaltenders, forwards, defensemen, it doesn't matter. If they've made a mistake or they feel like they've made a mistake, um, they just go at it again, and finally, it, it pays off.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think when the team was formed, obviously, we've talked a lot about this, and just. The expectations of an expansion team from everybody else was, oh, you know, it's they're not going to be very good. They get, you know, they but the, the expansion process gave them an opportunity to get probably some pretty decent players from the get go, which obviously was the case. And then the owner, when the team was came to fruition and was starting up, you know, telling several people, different outlets and stuff that. You know, I I want to have the playoffs by th- in three years, and maybe maybe we could have a cup in not maybe we have a cup in six years. That that's a fairly reasonable expectation that he he put on the the team at that point. And of course, they make the Stanley Cup final in the first year, don't get there, and obviously they they were um, didn't didn't like that, and so they've worked every year to try to make the roster better, to try to get back to that point, and it's taken them you know several ups and downs, uh, a first round exit in the second year uh the then then the third season in the covid bubble they go all the way to the west western conference final and lose following year they go up to the third round and lose last year didn't even make the playoffs and now here we are in the Stanley Cup final through that time we've been through three, two different coach this is the third co- head coach there's been a lot of roster movement um you know the si- only six guys r- remain from the original team from that first season so it just shows you a lot of, of changes that have happened and uh yeah, I mean it's just it's just uh, pretty pretty amazing that in six years now here they are at this point and being Stanley Cup champions.
1: Well, let me tell you one thing that hasn't changed over the six-year period: the fan base has not changed one bit. They are as enthusiastic uh, right now as they were in year one, and everything in between, win, lose, or draw, they come out, they pack the fortress at T-Mobile Arena, and they get. Uh, they get behind their team no matter what their team is uh, built like or plays like. They are 100% bought in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without the fans, the, the team wouldn't be uh, successful. I mean, that's that's part of when the team was formed that they had to show that there was going to be uh, support here by fans, and that certainly was the case. And, and almost every night at T-Mobile Arena, it's it's packed whether it's a preseason game, regular season game, a postseason game or a Stanley Cup final game uh which of course the the clinching game on Tuesday had the most that they've ever had for a Golden Knights game 19,058 people in there to to see the celebration and to see the the 9 to 3 win in game 5. So, yes, the fans are a big part of it. They lashed on from this team from the beginning part of that. I think circumstantial with uh with what happened with 1 October and then Golden Knights being in the community after that and and Fans being able to have that the team to, to, to rally around and and uh, of course that emotional first home game in team history the the of course the incredible first season run to the Stanley Cup final all that uh, made the city fall in love more with this team and because right away they were already contending and, and having a chance to to be a winner and then and then yeah just over the years it's continued that like I said it hasn't been uh, always successful by. You know, by stand by those standards, I guess. Um, of course, we could ask other teams that would love to be in this position, but uh, but that. But yeah, I mean, uh, but the fans have, have stayed there, even you know, in and you know, practices. There's usually people at practices. Uh, every, any given day, you know, some days it's more than others, of course, because it's the middle of the day. But but yeah, there's usually people out there every day watching the team practice. So I mean, it's just it really has become a team that uh, and they've made that a part. You know, being in the community and and being a team that, that this that can be for the fans to, to be around and, and then the fans to, to reciprocate that and, and, uh, and show their support in many different ways. and, and it all culminated with the, with the championship on Tuesday And be able to do it at home in front of the fans was, was extra extra special uh, because uh, it, the fans have had six years now with this team and and uh, the closeness of the, the Golden Knights community, of fans in the city, and to be rewarded now with this this championship for the uh, the Golden Knights, the first major pro championship for Vegas. Uh, the Aces got one with the WNBA in, in last year, but uh, but out of the four major pro sports, this is the 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 first one, and and uh, may not it's not, certainly not going to be the last uh, because uh, there's a lot of momentum with sports here in, in that realm, and I certainly think the Golden Knights will be in a position to contend for for Stanley Cups in the future. Other teams may come in here and, and other in other sports and have a chance to to win. So uh, it's it's a great thing for for Vegas and for the NHL and for Golden Knights and just for everybody involved.
1: So let me ask you this: Who's going to be the next team to win? The Las Vegas A's, the the Las Vegas NBA team, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, or the Las Vegas or the Vegas Golden Knights? because that uh, that's gonna be the question and uh, how many arenas do you need in that city because I understand they're working on one now for a uh, uh, an NBA franchise so um, one for every 10,000 fans or what
2: yeah I mean certainly uh, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I just I, I I'm just say, joking
0: but holy joking, cow but,
2: but I will say that and I, this may I will say that the and we conclude the aces in this i think the aces may may get another one too but uh but between baseball football and, and men's basketball and just all those four pro sports i think the golden knights will win another stanley cup before um, uh, before we have the raiders win one before any potential nba team comes here because we just still don't i mean that we don't know when that'll be i mean the, now there's of course momentum that the a's will be here but they won't they may start playing here in a year or two, but their stadium's not going to be ready until 2027, 2028, so that's about five years, and they're not in any position to contend for anything anytime soon unless unless they get a prize for being the worst team in baseball because that's what they are this year uh, right now. So um, It's going to be a long time before they're winning a World Series, so I think it could be the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights certainly could win another Stanley Cup because I think this team is going to be good again next year and and uh, and can make a, certainly make a run for it, but um, I, think, I think the NHL, I think we could see another championship for the NHL here before any of the other sports, uh, let alone win one, maybe, maybe even come. It could be that soon, it could be that soon. but even if it's 10 years from that down the road, I think it's still going to be the uh, Golden Knights winning another one before any of the other sports do.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I will say as well, and, and I'm gonna pile on again the Arizona Coyotes because I mean, come on. Um, you've been around for 30 years almost, and um, the Vegas Golden Knights come in seven years ago, and they not only win a Stanley Cup, but they seemly, seemingly do everything right in the first six years and, and go through the one October tragedy and all the different things, go through a pandemic. Uh, it Could it have been a rougher six years? I don't think so. Um, so, stop this with stuff. The
2: ownership. It has to do with the ownership. The, yes, it and does. And the determination to to want to win, and you, I don't know if you get that from the the Coyotes and all
1: you the don't. Different I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up like, and tell you right now, you do not, and you have not since day one. You've never had an ownership group that's, why that's wants to build court hockey land. first.
2: They don't want to. They don't want to build them an arena because they can't trust the Coyotes, uh, and they don't, and they don't trust that they're gonna be able to. You know, it's it's a lot of money to build these sort of things. We the Coyotes have had financial issues before, so it's just. You know, it's it's unfortunate because I think the fans there want to want to support an NHL team, uh, but it's just it's just a lot of uh, I don't know, it's a little mismanagement, I guess, of of the the uh, the guys at top there and the, and the Coyotes.
1: Well, and, and the other thing is bureaucracy. You told me the other day, and I don't want to get off the topic of hockey for too long, but you told me the other day about you were watching the uh, the state of Nevada uh, battle over this arena and. Uh, Paul Hornstein said, "Yeah, don't be so fast on them getting that arena and getting that team." And I said, "Oh, it'll get done." And it was like forty-eight hours later, and they're like, "Yeah, we have an agreement. We're building well, the new stadium.
2: It's it's passed, and uh, Governor Lombardo just signed it today. So they get they're gonna get the they're gonna get the money. The money's been approved to be to loan to them that they want to move forward. And now the baseballs Manfreds come out with the framework. So it's, there's a lot of momentum now. It looks like it's it's really gonna happen. So yes, it's uh, it can change that fast."
1: How things get done when people want to get. <laughs> they,
2: but they, but they got it done. They did some change, some changes from the original bill. They made a little few little slight adjustments and stuff, and that seemed to satisfy um, the, the those in the legislature. Uh, that you know they got enough enough of a support there, and obviously the, the governor uh, Lombardo uh, signed it, so it's uh, it's moved forward. And the, well, here's was... the thing:
1: you you started this with with ownership. Mm-hmm. If if the legislature and the people believe in ownership. They they think that this is a very profitable thing, and it is. It's That's, a very profitable well, thing. It's a
2: profitable thing. That's interesting though, because the ownership of the A's has been very. Uh, I don't know if you could trust them, but but they're obviously gonna. They think that bigger pictures that ba- baseball here will be could be a good thing for for Vegas to have. Uh, I, I
1: think I, I think Stephen, it's going to be peer pressure, right? I think Mark Davis sees peer pressure. I think the uh, owners of the A's are going to see peer pressure because you just don't come into Vegas and you're not going to be, you're not going to be relevant if you don't have a winning season pretty quickly because the Vegas Golden Knights have set the standard. And if you want to compete for that uh, entertainment dollar, then you better be relevant and you better be good and you better be entertaining. And uh, I think you'll see the changes in the, uh, the Oakland A's as soon as they get to town. I think uh, you're going to see some changes with Oakland. It's a little more difficult in the NFL because it's a big group of players, you know, 53 players as opposed to 25 or whatever you've got with the, the Golden Knights. So um, that's different. And then, of course, the landscape is different in the NFL, too. So there, there's some different things, but I just think the peer pressure is going to make them a, a better team faster. Anyway. That's enough of that. Let's get to uh, some interviews that you conducted. I think we got Brayden McNabb first, so let's play that one. And uh, and then we'll go and get your reaction, and then we'll go on to, I think, uh, Brett Howden. Is that right? And then um, Bruce Cassidy, if I have him in order. Close. It's wild and having the family here is the best part.
2: What was the moment like holding the cup? I mean, that's something everybody dreams of and you got the chance to do that this
1: evening. Yeah, it's a childhood dream. Uh, and you know, there's no feeling, can't really explain it, it's tough to explain but it was, uh, it was awesome.
0: What did it mean for Bruce Cassidy to not only start you but let you be on the ice for the final moment as this team wins the championship? Yeah, it was really cool.
1: whole organization this city means so much to you know myself and you know all the original guys and even the guys here now so for him to have that thought it's, uh, it's so there you go braden yeah. McNabb first and foremost just some thoughts Stephen, on that since you were on the ice with them.
2: yeah i think it's it's really cool to you know you you, you get onto the ice after they win of course after they've had a chance to, to skate around with it for a little bit and do all that for uh, for the fans and and for TV and stuff and and for themselves too to have that moment with with themselves and the co- and then eventually and then after a bit of time the media and family members and stuff come onto the ice and and get to be with their players and and uh, and, and kind of have that time on there before they eventually do get off the ice and go in the locker room and have the time with themselves to really let loose and which we've seen come out now in the coming days of them letting loose in in uh, in the locker room there with champagne and. Uh, uh, with 50 cent champagne by the way and of course what a perfect time to start sign a new partnership right when you win the Stanley Cup and use this champagne for the locker <laughs> room can't celebration be that. <laughs> to get that in there anyways but the, again that just goes back to the branding and Foley and, and and everybody involved with the with the getting on the forefront of that but um but yeah i mean with 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 Brady McNabb so you heard I asked him a question about holding it up there and then, and then Chris Chapman from Fox Sports Las Vegas asking about what it means for the, the for Vegas and stuff like that. And it's just cool to see that, um, you, you know, we talked and we talked about at the beginning about, you know, how much the team means to the fans, but the, 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 the players recognize especially those that are from the, the original uh, five or six and Brady McNabb of course is one of that. And, uh, and so it's just uh, and what it means to them and, and to have that opportunity to, to clinch and I want to mention this too. I thought it was really cool that Bruce Cassidy to start the, the game started five of the six original Golden Knights. Sorry, Will Carrier was was left out, and he and he saw the locker room video. He apologized to Carrier that he couldn't start all six. You can't start six people, but uh, but they put the two defensemen out there, Theodore and McNabb, and then and then of course the misfit line of uh, Marcia So, Carlson, and and uh, Smith. And uh, of course, Aiden Hill and Nets. So uh, I guess you could have maybe put. And it was kind of interesting because McPhee McPhee was asked about that and kind of said that was you know that was kind of a gimmicky thing and that maybe you know that why, why do that now you know when we put the lineup out that that's successful. But but I think it was smart of Cassidy to, to do that. And we learned that he did that while he was walking his dog. Uh, I guess that's you get a lot of good inspiration sometimes when you when you walk your dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: something like that. Something
2: like that. And, and and it's just he he recognized that that how important it was to the be able to do that for these these five original uh, Golden Knights players to be starting the lineup, and then for McNabb uh, to be out on the ice at the final moments too of the um, of the buzzer going off, and then being able to to celebrate. So,
1: okay, um, so I I agree hundred percent with what you're saying, but but let's be honest here. That starting lineup is not exactly slouches. <laughs> if you have to start that group, uh, there's a lot of teams in the NHL, Stephen, that would start that lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's not like you're starting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a very powerful group, and and for and for a while that would be a, you know, I'm, well, I'm one
1: of them is a Conn Smythe winner, by the way, and Jonathan Marchessault. One of them was a almost a Conn Smythe winner as a goaltender. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, you're not putting slouches out there. No, you're
2: not putting slouches out there. And that just shows you how de- this deep this team was that, you know, they, a lot of games they were starting the quote-unquote fourth line. I mean, you know, I mean, how do teams do that? I mean, and, and they – they, but there was a reason for that. And then that line was affected. I mean, every every line line that was in there would produce and throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. So um, I think that's the part, big of the reason why they – they won is because of the depth that they had all year. And, uh, and, and well, I mean, especially in the playoffs when everybody was healthy, but uh, even during the year when players had to come in and, and get their opportunity. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but because there's some guys that we want to recognize that, didn't play in the final, but certainly were contributors in the regular season are going to get their hands on the, are going to get their name on the cup because of the, they played in regular season games. All
1: right. uh, Let me get these other two clips in here quickly before we start running out of time. Uh, Brett Howden, is that your next one? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. All year, what does it mean that you guys are now going to be remembered together forever? Yeah, it's, we were saying that to each other. We'll never forget this team now, you know, this is, uh, Going on the Stanley Cup, so you know, for us to be here now, it's
0: it's
2: crazy. And how good is it to do it on home ice in front of all these fans here who've been here supporting you guys all year long and
0: through the six years? It's so special. I mean, to to have our home crowd here behind us, and um, you know, they they're unbelievable. This is an unbelievable building to play in. They make it so fun every night. And. for us to do it in front of them here is so so special.
2: What do you think that pr- the uh, celebration, of the parade's going to be like? <laughs>
1: Can't wait for that. That's going to be a blast. Ooh. Can't wait. <laughs> All, right. All right. So there you go. You asked about the parade. Could you already know there was a parade coming?
2: <laughs> well, it's usually a given. We just didn't know at that time when the parade was going to be, and we've learned
1: that now. But uh, <laughs> I'm giving real. you a bad time because there's always a parade to celebrate <laughs> a, a major championship. No, okay, let's jump. Especially
2: if you're in Las Vegas, where we know how to throw a party and we know how to. I mean, we don't. We, we may not be familiar with parades for championship sports teams. I mean, we did get to do it with the, the Aces, but uh, but the uh, but we do obviously know how to use the strip and have. Parades down the strip for other things when we when there's yeah, race events. cars you know, coming down the strip cars, soon sure yeah during Nes- <laughs> yep and then other times you know people get down there Formula career. One yeah <laughs> yep, yep. I, I think they probably found the one part of the strip that's not being worked on right now
1: <laughs> for the Formula One. The only thing I'm disappointed in is why didn't they wait till sundown so everybody could have got the glitz and glitter of all the lights on the strip anyway. They whatever. did
2: seven seven p.m. 7 yeah,
1: PM. it won't be dark at seven. This is Vegas. will not going to be dark till nine o'clock.
2: No, start, the sun will start going down. At least it's not going to be. A lot of times they do these parades in the middle of the day. I know. But they, I know. They're, anyway, they're doing it at nighttime because then they'll get to the Sashiba Plaza and it'll be all nighttime, and and they'll yeah. be able
1: to. I get it. I get it. All right. Let's hear from Bruce Cassidy.
0: From families, what was the moment like when you saw yours? Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: What does it feel like in the moment? I know it's hard to process it just happened, but just yeah. it's great for the opportunity.
1: Right. A year ago, I came up for a lot of things that's I don't like most of So for me, it's just very grateful to be and to and the opportunity. You're in the winners' club now,
2: right? Yeah. Extra special to do it here at home in front of the home it is. fans. It is. you know what we would obviously.
1: Advanced, 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 advanced. Yeah, I think uh, the, the point that point has been one, driven in pretty well.
2: Yeah, the audio on that <laughs> one wasn't as was good there, but uh, but basically the points we got from that is that uh, you're in the winners' club now. Can't take that away. Uh, he's, he's he's obviously a winner now, and that was something that he wanted to be really badly was to be in, in that club where you're a Stanley Cup champion coach and you have your name on the cup. And he said that he just wants that name on that. Cup. <laughs> a and I don't know
1: player. if you saw, but I uh, I, that I that have a picture of that, and I pinned it on our uh, Pro Hockey, the Hope Pro Hockey West Report Twitter account. Yeah, who did that? So you'll always be able to see that for the entire year. Who did it's that? It's not coming down.
2: Who put that together?
1: Uh, I put that together. You
2: put that with, <laughs> the,
1: with, the, with the names on the cup like that? No. I don't know who put <laughs> the names on the cup together, but I saw it, grabbed it, placed it, and uh, now it's there forever, <laughs> or at least for this year. We we got to be honest here. You got to move it around a little bit. But anyway, um, who knows? Maybe they'll get a second year of it. So so well, all good think, news for for think, Vegas. But,
2: and I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, I guess that means these are the names that are going to go on it. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, th- does Teddy Blueger going to get it because he didn't he didn't play half the season and he didn't get to play in the final? So will his name be on there? Um, you know, they have, this thing has them on there. Oh, I think
1: every name that's on there is on there.
2: Laurent Brossard. Yeah, I think so. That's good. Uh, Paul Cotter. Definitely. He played in more than half of the regular season. So he he's definitely going to be on it. Ben Hutton is another one. I mean, he did play a couple of playoff games, but did he play half the season? And did he's, he's you know, but yeah, I think, yeah, but maybe, maybe you don't know this, but, but, but the, uh, petitions, right?
1: the players decide, uh who they're going to put on there and who's going to get full shares and half shares and all that i don't know how many half shares are being handed out to this Vegas uh, there's 52
2: names, 52 names that go on it and uh that includes uh, coaches uh front office people you know like like the general manager the owner um you know maybe a few some scouts the team can decide i guess on that front um, sometimes the, communi- uh, the the head communications person gets their name on it. So that would be Nate Yule if that's the case. So a lot of, a lot of different uh, variables and stuff there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so uh, so everybody's deserving. And that this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, just everybody played a role this year. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, like a Paul Cotter. Even though he didn't play much in the playoffs, he was a big factor in the regular season uh, when players were hurt and, and, you know, and had to – he. he was in the lineup for a good part of the season uh like uh, the the addition certainly from the trade deadline Barbashev, who of course uh was outstanding and and they're probably going to want to re-sign him uh came in and contributed even guys called up from henderson this year braden pahal um you know all the goaltenders okay that that's the story in itself right all the goaltenders they had to they had to cycle through and and contributed this year even a guy like yuri peter who again we talked about on our instagram thing but that uh, i joked with him i said you know your two wins was the reason why you guys end up with the one seed because if you don't if you're two games in net you don't win both those games you're not the one seed and who knows what the pathway would have been i think even even cassie said that in the podium after the uh game on on uh, tuesday made that point about patera so uh so yeah certainly somebody like patera's role uh you know and the guys coming up from henderson like a pavel dorfev and they all got to hang out during this postseason run um, and be a part of it and and, and the guys like Cotter and and Pahal and and some of the others like Kessel Kessel too is another guy. He played obviously all at least half the season, right? He played all the season because his Ironman streak stayed intact. So he'll be definitely on there for the third time as a Stanley Cup champion. But um, you know, it's just everybody contributed in different ways this year, and I just think that's a reason why this team is this champions. They when they did have their injury issues with some of the main people, the the depth of this roster and The guys from Henderson, uh, when they had to come and and help out, they they did and they they did pretty well. And so it was good, good for for that, too. So um, that's I think I think that's I think when you ask people why this team was as good as they did. And a lot of people will say it was the depth of this roster is why they were able to to take care of business and win this cup.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. We have other things to talk about, but um, I, I will save them, I think, for, for down the road because we've got many more shows to do uh, before the, uh, the everything starts up again for real this fall. But, um, you know, obviously coming through the pandemic, the numbers are better, and we'll get into that in detail on another show. But uh, the revenue is up. The attendance is up. Um, everything seems to be good. There's talk of expansion again. Um, there's talk about relocation
2: that's for, for the american hockey league or is that for the nhl uh,
1: uh, both yeah. both and the ahl of course um is kind of piggybacking off of this a little bit because they send a ton of players um to the stanley cup final and a ton of players to the playoffs so the yeah. ahl is uh right behind the nhl well, in yeah. uh, in quality players
2: yes and we'll mention this because this will kind of then we can take a break. We can get to the AHL stuff. It kind of ties into how important the AHL is, and and why we want to focus a lot of our energy on on the AHL, uh, because it, they a lot of that's the that's the, big, that's the primary develop, developmental uh, league for the uh, NHL. And and of course, we talk about the Golden Knights uh, Stanley Cup championship. A lot of uh, guys who've come through the AHL. Now on the Golden Knights, you guys like Jonathan Marshall, so who won the Conn Smythe Trophy. He was a three-time AHL All Star in his in his time, uh, when he was with um, you know different teams like the uh, uh, you know different different organizations and stuff. Captain Mark Stone, who had a hat trick in the clinching game, he played uh, 91 games over two seasons with uh, Binghamton Senators. Uh, William Carlson was with Norfolk and Springfield at, w- Springfield at one time. Chandler Stevenson played 180 games with the Hershey Bears, who are, of course, in the Calder Cup final right now. Nicholas Waugh, he's the 130th player ever to win both the Calder Cup and the Stanley Cup. He was a member of the AHL champion Charlotte Checkers in 2019. Uh, Aiden Hill, uh, a veteran of 140 games in the AHL. I think this is funny because they say Henderson, which I think is like, I think it's like, two periods, or maybe he played, maybe he did play in uh, one, one other game this year with Henderson, but uh, but San Jose, Tucson, and Springfield, uh, and of course, went 11-4 and this year in the playoffs with Vegas. Um, 24 of the 25 players to appear in the St- in a Stanley Cup uh, playoff game for the Golden Knights have come through the AHL, and we, we talked about uh, certainly Shea Theodore did, Alec Martinez, Ivan Barbashev, Riley Smith, Mike Mario, Will Carrier, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Hay, Hegan Kolasar, and then we just, we played from and we played uh, Braden McNabb, uh, he, he did too. He's a two-time AHL All-Star for there. Of course, the coach, uh, Bruce Cassidy, he was, of course, spent a lot of years with uh, with Providence and the Boston organization, but is also Coach of the Year in 2001-2002 with Grand Rapids. And, uh, of course, Assistant Coach John Stevens, member of the AHL Hall of Fame, won three Calder Cups as a player and one more as a head coach. And assistant Ryan Craig, and that's that's an interesting story too, because Ryan Craig is a is an original Golden Knight coach. Through he's been through three uh, three regimes, and uh, now he gets up as a as an assistant coach with the Golden Knights. But of course, he was a captain of the Lake Erie Monsters for the Calder Cup Championship in twenty sixteen. So that's a a good uh, selling point for the AHL and how important it is to, uh, to eventually get players for the NHL and and for them to to get this moment for the uh, to be Stanley Cup champs.
1: absolutely and on that note we will take a break and we'll come back and uh talk about the calder cup finals which just completed game number four tonight and we're dead even at two two games apiece we'll be right back
0: after a hard day at work or a long week what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease at the spaghetti shack we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else the Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated The Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480 687 2485 or order online at thespaghetti shack.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening oh! to everything you said, it's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. old now when you talk about the best of Las Vegas you're talking about the best of the best so when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the best of Las Vegas award that speaks for itself Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, Call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report.
1: Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Palm Springs, California, where apparently I'm going to be here for a few more days. <laughs> um, my co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that championship city. Not vibrant anymore, it is the championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, I, I had to play the Jesse Ray's uh, spot again because, uh, again, if you haven't heard our, our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to Mike and Jesse Ray, um, they lost their building uh, at fifty six eleven. South Valley Boulevard on Tuesday morning, uh, very bright and early. Um, there is no truth to the fact that they did it just so that I wouldn't be able to get a meal there. Um, trying to make a little humor out of this, which it really is not funny. But um, anyway, uh, electrical fire, the last that we heard, uh, took the building down and, um, well, gutted it from the inside pretty much. So our thoughts and prayers are with them as well. Still-
2: stands I think but the inside of it is is burnt up and destroyed. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're 100% correct and I drove by there I could still smell wiring when I was snapping a few pictures outside. It smelled like burnt wiring. So, uh probably that was the cause. I don't think they have predetermined or fully determined that yet, but um anyway, so our thoughts uh, and prayers are out with them and I said it before, they don't want to go fund me. They don't want to accept any kind of donations, but I think it's a good thing if you go over and eat at the uh Henderson location, just to show your support, because it never hurts for hockey people to show other hockey people support uh, in a time of need or or any time.
2: I agree. People can go. Okay, so
1: so let's jump into this AHL thing because um, when when I went to games one and two here last week, um, Thursday and Saturday, um, that I saw a. A Coachella Valley team that was just far superior to what I was seeing from Hershey. Um, they outscored them 9-0 in two games. Um, it, it was ridiculous, and everybody said, yep, that's it. And I kind of bought into it because I, I told people that uh, I was kind of sentimental um, on Saturday night, thinking that that might be the last time that we would see a meaningful game until October. But also, I, I kind of knew in my head, and my brain was telling me that you know what? It, it's really hard to win on the road. Home ice is a real thing. Home ice advantage in front of 10,500 screaming fans is a real thing. Home cooking is a real thing. Sleeping in your own bed is a real thing. Speaking Getting dressed thing in, of- in your own locker room is a real thing. Do you get my point?
2: Yes. Yeah, sp- speaking of sleeping in beds, the uh, AHL Instagram account has the uh, Calder Cup get the, catching up on some sleep here before it's... uh. Busyness of the being presented in a few days, uh, so I saw that the Calder Cup taking a little nap, uh, getting some beauty rest in the in the hotel room. Uh,
1: and I'm still not happy about that because they didn't ask me if they could take that picture before they did. But <laughs> anyway, it will be presented in Cortella Valley, one way or the other.
2: Yes, so it can it can rest up in uh, one more game, and then and then game six, it will be uh, it'll be ready to go in the event that it is presented. As, as
1: long as it doesn't ask to use the internet, because uh, the internet, not not having the greatest time here where I'm at. So anyway, <laughs> we'll leave that out of it for now. But as I said, um, home ice is real. I, I talked to Dan Biles, the head coach from Coachella Valley, several times, as you know, over the last six, seven months. And one of the things I keep asking him is I go, Coach, you're a genius, because when you had the opportunity to pick um, whether you wanted to play more games at home or more on the road, you even if it meant starting on the road, like it did in Colorado, you could. You're in a five game series. You could have been down 0-2, but they they chose to go that route, knowing that they were going to get three at home, and it worked out. They uh, they played Tucson. All three games, of course, were here at Coachella Valley at the Acushur Arena, and that worked out. Uh, as it turned out, Calgary had a better record, but because of uh, their their facility, their arena, they, they had, to, had to do the 2-3 as well. So, again, uh, Coachella goes on the road. Um, they, they play two up in Calgary, and they come back for three, and they win that series. Then they have Milwaukee. Well, then, of course, they had the best record in the league, so that made it a 2-3-2 two, two format uh, for that series. So, again, uh, they got two at home. They uh, went on the road. They were able to get one out of three on the road, and come back and and win it in game six. Um, This is eerily similar with with Hershey, but uh, the difference is the domination. Uh, They dominated games one and two. They lost uh, game three on Tuesday night in overtime, and they lost tonight in a one-goal effort, a 3-2 game. So uh, my gut tells me that that Coachella is going to win on Saturday afternoon, and we'll come back here with a chance to close it out. they got two games to do it. That's what my gut tells me, but again, I'm not naive enough to think that the Hershey Bears can't win all three games at home, and then have to come and and win one on the road if they want to take the call to cut back with them.
2: Well, I mean, it's possible that Hershey could win again. It has been such a different series when it comes to home and away. I mean, Coachella Valley, as you mentioned, you know, winning those two games like they did, and then and then. Game three were, was down and had to fight to, you know, and claw their way to get back into the game, before losing in overtime. And then tonight, just I don't think they even led at all to, in tonight's game. It was uh, it was tied they, one, they ha- one after Steven, one. Stephen, they
1: haven't led once, one minute yeah. in yeah. in uh, Hershey.
2: Yeah, because they were down in the last game. They were able to come back and tie it, but then ended up losing in overtime. And then yeah, the tonight's game was tied one one, but ended up after one period, but then losing three to two. Uh, tonight's game or on Thursday so yeah I mean it's it's a different thing I mean when there's uh you go to a place like Hershey uh, there's more chocolate involved there's more chocolate involved and stuff like that it's uh you know that Hershey got back home and probably got their fix of their chocolate and were f- ready to go and energized and ready to go out there and perform and in front of their home fans which was brown and lock rock is ten thousand plus at their arena there and and the, tonight giant off, arena 187. they're at giant arena talking about a good name there giant arena uh or giants uh, center i guess it's officially known as yeah Atlanta. giant center yeah you're correct
1: <laughs> seems like the but kind of the uh, here's the thing of it ever since they i found out that they're gonna play hershey i've had this craving for hershey bars and i i sent a message to the hershey bears today i said you know what if i need dental work which i do uh if i need dental work when this is over with you're gonna get a bill if you win this thing Because uh, you made me eat Hershey bars that I wasn't really too, too, you know, in need of.
2: Yeah, I mean. uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you don't even know how to answer that. You're going like, I use office rocker. (laughs) Well, we know that already. That's, well, that's, I that's told not Dan. A, that's
2: not I, a new development.
1: No, but I told Dan Miles the other day at the press conference. I said I was talking to myself, and he said that's not unusual either. Not
2: unusual. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that. That was. Funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if we can't have fun and laugh, then, then we shouldn't be doing a show. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the here's the difference, though, Stephen. It was complete domination for for the Coachella Valley Firebirds at Ackershire. Uh, both games, um, I think they would tell you they haven't played their best at all. Uh, tonight was a penalty fest. It went both ways, kind of, but boy, uh, they dug Hershey, themselves a hole taking Hershey penalties. Won
2: on, Hershey one for six on the power play. Coachella Valley 0 for 4 on the power play in uh, Game 4 here on Thursday.
1: And in the second period, Stephen, the, the Firebirds had, in, in the first 10 minutes of the second period, they had eight minutes of power play time and didn't score. So, I mean, that's, that's a case of shooting yourself in the foot. And I'll tell you, I, I'm not, I'm not an NHL or an AHL coach, but I'll tell you um, the power play is a lot to do with confidence and it's a lot to do with uh being crisp mentally. And I think when you're on the road, there's a tendency not to be as crisp as you are at home because as I just said, you're coming out of your own locker room, you're playing on your own ice, you got your own fans that, that, uh, are, are in the building, you know the bounces off the boards. There were a lot of funny bounces tonight, and there were some Tuesday night as well. And when when those kinds of things happen, um, that can A, shake your confidence, and it can actually affect the game. Um, so uh, I just think that they're going to get one done, and even if they don't get one done in Hershey, I think they're a tough team to beat at home, and that leads me right back around well, to the fact ask, that home ask- ice means something.
2: Well, I, just, I think this is going to answer the question I, I was going to pose to you is if you're a Coachella uh, Valley uh, Firebird fan, um, are you concerned right now that the series is 2-2? Or do you still feel like, nope, if, you know we'll come home with the fan home ice, you know, it's, it's okay? Or, or do you slightly are concerned that maybe it might go the other way?
1: I don't think you're concerned unless it comes home 3-2 in favor of Hershey. But still, I think you are going to look back at it, and I think the coaches are going to tell the players that, listen, we knew at the start of this that there was going to be four games at home, where you know we could make sure there were four games at home uh, if we just won on home ice, and and that's what I am saying. They they had the same mentality against Milwaukee, and they won it in six. Um, so this one might take seven, but as Dan Bylsma will be the first to tell you, um, th- these seven game series are four hundred and twenty minutes. And he reminds me that all the time because <laughs> i'll tell him oh, 120 minutes down coach because yeah it's, it's 300 to go um so except he never the, looks ex- past that point ex- except the last uh,
2: game it was overtime so there was right overtime,
1: yeah. overtime. Uh, and he he's instilled that in his players that hey you know don't think this is going to be easy don't think you're just going to walk through this and, and i think some of the fans because there were n- nine nothing out outscoring in the first two games I think a lot of the fans were thinking oh this is gonna be easy we're gonna go there and sweep well it doesn't work that way um, and maybe so, new,
2: and, and st- maybe they're still fairly new to the the game too if they're you know if they're just following this team from the beginning if they weren't hockey fans to begin with that just latched on to this team in their in their area of California there uh, maybe they follow the NHL maybe they they have a NHL team that they follow but if if they're new to the game then then yeah that could see maybe where they they can they can think that they don't understand how how it can sway from one to the other
1: and it, it's not just the new people steven i told you i was sentimental because it looked like this was a juggernaut that wasn't going to be stopped they came off well, of that you milwaukee should, you series. should
2: know better I, you don't get a pass <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. but i think i was
2: kind of guilty of it too a little bit too well bad. they
1: came they came off of a series against milwaukee where dan Bilesma said right up front that that team was hard to play against because they were big, strong, physical. They played like an NHL-style game, and um, and they just didn't match up well with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. This team is much more similar to them. They're fast. They like to go up and down the ice. They got great goaltending, um, so they're very similar. So, and that's why I think it was kind of shocking to everybody that they got blown out so badly in the first two games and. Again, I'm going to steer right back to home ice because here's what's going to happen now, Stephen. Let's say this does come back with a 3-2 Hershey lead. They're going to fly back on, on Sunday, and guess what? They're going to play a game on Monday. Who does that favor? You know the answer to this. It's going to favor the home team because they're coming home knowing that they're going to sleep in their own bed, knowing that they're going to go to their own rink, knowing that they're going to have their fan support behind them, they're not gonna have any pressure whatsoever uh, because of that. Uh, when you look at Hershey, they have to travel across the country three time zones and they aren't going to be in their own bed. they're gonna be in the hotel. they're gonna be in the courtyard by Marriott by the way <laughs> little shout out to them um, and they will be- get them
2: on board I
1: you know, I'm working on it.
2: I'm working on it. I, I, a, I wouldn't mind saying in and Marriott when Marsh on the road has, can keep going <laughs> again in the next season here.
1: So anyway, um, they, they're they going to be coming across the country three time zones, not being in their own bed, not having their own locker room, not having their own uh, fan base in front of them, and they're going to be asked to do a task, which means you've got to win one or two games right here in Coachella Valley. If you want to take that cup back home with you to Hershey, they've done it before. They're 11 time uh, Calder cup champions. So it's not like it's, it's different, but it's different for these players because these players haven't been, um, cup champions before that last time they won a cup was a few years ago. So it's, um, it's a little different for this group, but still the history, the tradition in their own building and the fans that they play in front of, um, they're, they're a lot more comfortable at home, like a lot of teams are. So it'll be a, it'll be a very interesting uh, situation, um, to say the least. If things uh, have to be determined on on a when, Monday or Wednesday, well, it will be Monday or Wednesday now because there's no way to get around it. There's going to be a game on Monday.
2: Yeah, so that means you get more hockey, which you can't you can't be upset about. <laughs>
1: Steven, I've been here for eight weeks. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be this long. I did not anticipate this. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I got to get back to work selling because we need some advertising revenue. And uh, while I love watching hockey games and cover hockey games and talking about hockey games, um, somebody's got to get out and make some money for this company pretty soon. And uh, unfortunately, that that rests on my shoulders. So um, anyway, neither here nor there. We're, we're obviously going to be thrilled to uh, to have a game six at Akashura arena. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about um, as we started to uh, in the, uh, in the first half of the show, the AHL players in the development, we talked about how close AHL and NHL are getting, but you remember a couple of years ago, Stephen, I took a trip for 30 days to, to find out how close hockey was between 16 and 23 year olds. And I can tell you right now that when you look at the roster of, AHL teams guess where they're coming from. NCAA programs. Guys who are making a difference are NCAA players. Um, you know, one player for Hershey got all of his skills as a 10-year-old for me. But
2: <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Mason, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Is that what's
2: holding him back from making the NHL?
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I said uh, to Paul Hornstein tonight. I said I taught Mason everything he knows, how to hit the blocker instead of the net.
2: <laughs> and Paul responded, probably saying, "I'm sorry for him."
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of something like that. But anyway, but, I mean, um, just
2: a guy like right off the bat, just looking to who who uh, just on Coachella Valley, you know, like a guy like Jimmy Schultz was a was an NCAA guy, and then he can't. You now he's in the AHL and stuff so i mean there's so many of those things now we're seeing more ncaa players going right into the pro ranks getting drafted by by uh, nhl teams and and you you know you go to games in the ncaa level and you, you look at the roster sheet and usually you see what at least four five six players on a team that has a lo- nhl logo next to them that that's a proper pro- product of or, uh, you know, p- p- product of that team that was drafted them, you know, so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it seems like it's more and more of that now. And, and, uh, and so of course we've got the draft coming up, so that's significant. And then, um, you know, then development camps and stuff. So it's, you know, even though the NHL season's over with, it's going to be more to come in the, in the summer months, but uh, at least in the next few weeks, but yeah, it's just, it's just, and then of course the AHL ending up at the NHL, uh, is this tougher to make the NHL, but but i think you know it seems like most players that do make the nhl eventually come through the ahl ranks. Now there's other leagues overseas that you know they can come over and stuff too, but but a, a lot of the players you know they get their that's why you have the, an organization a, a system you get drafted, you kind of you know you kind of work your way through the system whether it's you know you maybe get drafted or whatever but you you get, you know you make your way through the the ranks and eventually make the nhl. So i think as time goes on you see more and more of a team makeup of, uh, of AHL guys uh, that eventually become NHL caliber players.
1: The other thing I want to throw out there is um, the, uh, the, you you look at the AHL players that have gotten a sniff, if you will, in the NHL and certainly here in Coachella Valley, a guy like Ty Cartier and uh, Jesper Froden um, both had a chance to, to be into the, the, the playoff run with um, the Seattle Kraken. But when they came back here, Stephen, um, and, and Patrick Williams, when I visited with him, said the same thing: is that sometimes players will come back and they'll go, hey, you know what? I tasted the NHL. I don't need this anymore. Um, whatever. But both of those guys came back and they said, you know what? We spent a majority of our time with these guys. We want to help these guys win the Calder Cup. And then we'll go worry about uh, next season playing with the Kraken if that's where we end up. But, um, so to see guys come back with that kind of energy and excitement to uh, to be a part of a team like this, that's fun. It's really fun to watch.
2: That's interesting because I would think as a player you would want, uh, even if you yeah you were up at the NHL club, you got you, you feel like you you belong up there now and that you're contributing up there. And then that season ends, and you could just say, well, I don't want to go. But I, I would think as you, if you have an opportunity to to go back to the AHL team and. And, and be with those guys and continue to play high-quality games in a playoff setting and have a chance to win a, a, a trophy at the end, a championship, I would think that that would be – and continue to maybe further show that you are NHL readiness because I think that shows that you are willing to put in the time at the AHL level to help in a playoff run. that I think that can be all valuable too.
1: And even the guys that didn't spend time up there, uh, like a Shane Wright, getting some really valuable experience in in AHL playoff hockey. And Dan Bilesma said that, that uh, they put Shane in a lot of positions, a lot of difficult positions, uh, just to get him ready for a potential NHL career. So um, there's so many different factors and things that go on um, in there. It's it's so enjoyable to watch, but I just want to make that point that uh, it's not only AHL, the NHL, but it's NCAA to AHL as well, or ECHL to AHL. Uh, you know, you look at some of these players that are playing in the ECHL, for example, and you go like, wow, they were stars at the NCAA level. Why, uh, you know, uh, it must really take something special to become an AHL or an nhl It does. There's still limited lockers and uh, limited teams, so you've got to fight to earn a spot. And uh, not only do you have to fight for it, but once you get it, you got to hang on to it.
2: Well, and the fact that you're on an ECHL team is is, is something because a lot of a lot of college athletes in, in a lot of different sports and hockey's not, certainly uh, not exempt from this don't ever make it to the uh, pro ranks and so even a yeah, really good NCAA player makes uh, you got to still put in your due sometimes and and that may be the ECHL for a bit and then you know hopefully you get an opportunity if you continue to improve and impress. And uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it doesn't always work out because it depends on the availability of the, the teams up above, how long pl- NHL players play, uh, you know, before they might retire or, or move on to different teams or whatever, and what kind of openings you have within an organization that you're a part of. I think that's why, especially younger players, maybe whether they're drafted or not, they get, uh, they move around so much. They sign one year deals or they sign two year deals if they get that or. You know, or tryouts and stuff, and different. Sometimes they don't stay on the same team for more than just a few games. Uh, you know, and then they get released or something. So it's just, uh, it's just different, different things that, that happen at that level. But uh, we should mention this: that the speaking of the ECHL, the the Florida Everblades ended up knocking off Idaho in the ECHL uh, Kelly Cup playoffs and Kelly Cup finals. So congrats to the Florida Everblades for winning the ECHL championship. Uh, of course, as we know, the NHL championship is decided with the Golden Knights. So the AHL is the last one here between the three. So that, of course, will still be a few days away from being decided. So, you, they, so it's always interesting to see which of the leagues is the last to play. And, and this year it's going to be the AHL. And
1: that led me right into the last thing that I want to say tonight. And that's the fact that kudos to uh, Vegas for not only winning the Cup, but by doing it in five games because that meant – that uh, the NHL Network is going to pick up the final f- games of the AHL. They did tonight's game. They're going to do Saturday's game. They're going to do uh, Monday's game, and they'll do the Game Seven if there is one. So uh, that that's great exposure for the AHL. And they, you know, kudos to NHL uh, Network for doing that because that's a you know they're playing it locally in Hershey. They're playing it locally here in Coachella Valley, but they're also doing it nationally, and that's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I think it's great that the NHL Network does that. You know, they do play us. Uh, they do play some AHL games throughout the season. I know the air the AHL All Star Classic and Skills Competition usually airs on the NHL Network because it usually comes right after the NHL All Star Games uh, stuff, and so they have a couple extra uh, days of air space to do that. I think that's why they plan them that way. But yeah, I think it's it's great that the the NHL Network does that. Um, as I said, they do play AHL games. Uh, throughout, the, it's usually games more on the East Coast. Unfortunately, probably more that involves can, the Canadian markets and stuff. But, um, but uh, in Eastern teams, it's just because it fits into their their time schedule. But, but this is great for Coachella Valley to get this sort of national exposure now, being in the Calder Cup Finals and getting a lot more eyeballs to to watch them between the the Kraken of Seattle fans who are, can watch their AHL team. Same with Hershey and and Washington, and and uh, that's why they're airing in those areas. And then the areas that those teams play in. And then, yeah, and then the NHL Network now. So hockey fans, because people want to s- maybe still getting, um, you know, they're, they're, because the hockey season is, is over, there's no more games, so they can get a, a few more games of hockey fix, of live games, uh, before the summer uh, officially kicks off here. And we go into the off seasons, um, even though there's still stuff in the off season, but for games-wise. And, uh, yeah, so it's great for the, the AHL that they have that now to be the, the last uh League standing, so to speak, to still decide a champion.
1: You are correct. Um, okay, final things uh, just to wrap it up on I will make the announcement right now. We have added three NCAA teams to our coverage area. We will now have the University of North Dakota, we will now have the University of Nebraska Omaha, and we will have Augustana University. Uh, so we are now true college hockey west. It's pretty much west of Minnesota. Um, and the Mississippi River going on down. When
2: does Paul get to go to North Dakota in the wintertime?
1: Uh, the first weekend in January I've got him slated to go up there. Uh, okay. I understand the forecast already is about 30 below wind chill oh, yeah, and maybe that. 6 to 12 inches of snow.
2: Oh, yeah, he'll love that.
1: He won't, he won't even go to lake he placid even, he wouldn't even
2: go to lake placid but maybe he'll go to 30 below no, in north dakota no
1: he won't i guarantee you he won't anyway but so we,
2: but if we do another week of shows at uh, circus stadium swim in las vegas in january like we did a few years ago he'll be on the first
1: plane out here yeah he wouldn't miss that uh anyway uh so the, i wanted to make that announcement and then of course uh keep keep with us because the instagram lives will come back Uh, starting Saturday night and again on uh, Monday night and Wednesday night if need be. And then next Thursday, you and I will be back with the Pro Hockey West Report. So um, we'll have you covered, no doubt about it. All right, take it away, my friend.
2: From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota, the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs, or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at, well, we'll mention the Henderson location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, find any of our Three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMass.com. whether you play online or in line. Caesars Sportsbook app, play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesars Rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food, quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Topgolf, go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza, since 1978. Better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey West.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. We will say a, um, a very hearty good night to uh everyone that listens to us and follows us and thank them for doing so we'd love to get to forty thousand downloads by the end of june so tell your friends folks uh if you enjoy what you hear not only thursday nights and wednesday nights but also sunday monday and tuesday and the ncaa side of things as well we'd love to have you on board and uh and have more followers so uh we'll say good night roger klein of the peacemakers hello new day good night everybody